Welcome everyone to the Dex and Dad book review podcast. This week we are reviewing uh, Little House in the Big Woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. This was a book that was written in 1932 about life in the 1870s, growing up in pioneer times. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting, huh? Yeah, it's old. Oh, I forgot to introduce this. Uh, this is, the podcast is starring Dexter. Hi. And uh, Dexter's dad. So what we usually start out with is uh, Dex gives kind of an overview. I had a thought about how to do that this week. Uh, yeah. Want to hear my thought? What? If you had to describe this book to a friend who had never heard about it, let's say you're trying to get one of your friends to listen to our podcast and you had to explain why this was going to be super interesting. How would you describe Little House in the Big Woods? There's this girl, uh, Laura, uh, living in the woods with her family. It's, it takes place in like the uh, 1870s about. So then uh, it's basically the book is sort of about the, the like, like just life of living in woods in the 18th century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that insightful synopsis from Dexter, life in the woods in the 1870s, uh, Little House in the Big Woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. All right, Dex, let's get started. This book is one of several. I don't know if I told you that. It's a big series. Oh, you know, because it's in a big box set on our on the shelf, right? That's, big, that's a big series. Yeah, and so I can't help but start off by saying that in the 70s, when I grew up, there was a show on TV called Little House on the Prairie. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And that's how most of us, you know, semi-educated, not quite as educated as you kids grew up knowing about Laura Ingalls because she was a character on a TV show. It was called Little House on the Prairie. Hmm which is the name of the next book in the series, actually. Yeah, which it's all famous for. Yeah. So, and it's one of those, like Star Wars or uh, uh, what else, Narnia, it's one of those where the first book isn't the best book. The, yeah, no, of course not. The one, the one we just read, I don't think is, there's a reason why we don't all think of Little House on the Big Woods, but we think of Little House on the Prairie, so. Yeah. But anyway, that's one of the strange things about it. Um I don't think I'll subject you to the TV show. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but without, without having to uh, know what Michael Landon looks like, um, which is probably not a good thing. But anyway, you can think of Pa the way he looks in the pictures on, uh, in the book, right? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of how we feel about this book. Because it's kind of a strange story. Like you were even having trouble summarizing it. Yeah. Like you said, it's episodic, and that's a good that's a good description. It's one thing after another. Yeah, and there's not much of an overarching story. There isn't. It's a year in the woods, basically. Pretty much. Well, the weather or, or the the climate, the, the turn of the year is is the story. Yeah. What do you do in a cabin in the woods in winter? <laughs> what do you do in a cabin in the woods? It's helpful if I'll ever live in the in a cabin in the woods. Well, the way you're behaving, you might. 
<laughs> Let's, how about uh, just good old fashioned one to 10 on a scale of one to 10? Uh, how do we rate this to people who haven't read it? How, 10 being your highest recommendation, where do you put this one? Maybe seven. Seven odds. So we enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I would too. I uh, think right now would be a good time for you to do the part uh, where you read a bit. Okay. This chapter is called Sundays. Now the winter seemed long. Laura and Mary began to be tired of staying always in the house, especially on Sundays. Every Sunday, Mary and Laura were, were dressed from the skin out in their best clothes with fresh ribbons in their hair. They were very clean because they had their baths on Saturday night. In the summer, they were bathed in water from the spring. But in the wintertime, Pa filled and heaped the wash tub with clean snow, and on the cook stove, it melted to water. Then, uh, close by the warm stove, behind the screen made of blanket over two chairs, Ma bathed Laura, then she bathed Mary. Then, after Mary came to bed, Ma had her breath behind the blanket, and then Pa had his. And they were all clean for Sunday. That's a good uh, introduction to the story because it, at first it brings up like what a hassle everything in their life is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to have a bath, you know, you got to bring in snow, you got to melt it and you got to change it out each time. And, and then also just their whole old fashioned to get bathed on Sunday, kind of wear your best clothes thing. So, which is a big part of this book, right? Yeah. There's a lot of ritual. Yeah. And uh, what religion are these people? Christian. Yeah, it seems like a pretty strong Christian theme. Yeah. So, uh, which is which is fine. They can have their their Christian themes. We don't object to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not particularly like a Christian book, but there is that there's like that moral stuff, and yeah, seems to be a lot of stuff about Sundays being a big deal in this book. Yeah, of course. Right. That's their thing. Yeah, so they have that. And then, you know, when you're reading this, a lot of times when you're reading this, there's 157 steps just to do something these days that's really straightforward for us, right? Yeah. When you're, like, hearing it or reading it, how excited would you be to live in the Ingalls household? I mean, it takes a while to do things. Do they seem like they have more fun than us or, or less fun? Hard to say. Yeah. They seem to be able to make these really simple things fun. But do you think you'd like growing up like that? Maybe, I guess. Maybe. Maybe if it was then times? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you, Dex. Yeah. This is a pretty, there's a confined number of characters in this story, right? Yeah. So let's name them real quick. Laura is the narrator. Yeah. And how old is she probably? She's like nine about. Yeah, something like that. I think you're right. She's writing this when she's like 49, uh, apparently. Yeah. But <laughs> she's nine. And then she has an older sister named. Mary. Right. And then there's mom, pa. 
And they have names, actually. They're Mare, they're Caroline and Charles, his dad. But they're yeah. mostly mom, pa. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I have to remember the TV show to remember their names. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, they're, they're said very, I think a couple of times she says, oh, Charles. Yeah. Um, and then there's the baby, Carrie. So there's very few characters in this book. And Mary barely occurs in it. She's sort of like just a counterpoint to Laura. Yeah. It seems to me. But so of the big characters, though, it's basically Ma has a world and Pa has a world, right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit what you think about Pa's adventures. Seems pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, Pa's got it good, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, Dangerous, but cool. Why is it dangerous? I mean, it's it's hunting and there's lots of bears. Yeah. The guy's got a gun everywhere he goes, right? Yeah. Well, he doesn't always have a gun. What happens when he doesn't have a gun? I mean, yeah, usually, usually he get, encounters a bear. Right. And right. Yeah. The, 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 one of the morals of the story is if you leave the, this particular house in this neighborhood, you better have your gun, right? Yeah. Because that's basically where half the adventures come from. But yeah, I feel like Pa's got the best, the best deal in this family. Yeah. Everybody else is locked inside and he's off having adventures most, most days. Yeah. But he's got to come back with the food, which is, that's the price he pays for. Yeah. All that work, right? Yeah. But the kids in the, in the uh, mom, they're always working hard in the house too. It seems to me, though, that the dad is... The narrator's telling the story about this little girl, and it's a memoir, basically, of her life. Um, She's just painting a portrait for the most part because there isn't much plot in one year. Um, But she uses the dad basically as the device to bring in all the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Pa's kind of a device in the story. I I think the author's using it so that it isn't just them sitting around because at night, after he comes home in the winter, they have all this time. And he gets to tell them stories. Yeah. Like all the, the songs and the side stories. Oh, yeah. That basically all comes from Pa, right? Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't know about all the little adventures. So a lot of their life is based on the weather, and a lot of their life is based around food. This is from uh, really early in the book, actually. The garden behind the little house had been growing all summer. It was so near the house that the deer did not jump the fence and eat the vegetables in the daytime, and at night, Jack kept them away. Sometimes in the morning there were little hoof prints among the carrots and the cabbages, but Jack's tracks were there too and the deer had jumped right out again. Now the potatoes and carrots, the beets and turnips and cabbages were gathered and stored in the cellar, for freezing nights had come. Onions were made into long ropes, braided together by their tops, and then were hung in the attic beside wreaths of red peppers strung on threads. The pumpkins and the squashes were piled in orange and yellow and green heaps in the attic's corners. The barrels of salted fish were put in the pantry, and yellow cheeses were stacked on the pantry shelves. The little house was fairly bursting with good food stored away for the long winter. The pantry and the shed and the cellar were full, and so was the attic. The attic was a lovely place to stay. The large, round, colored pumpkins made beautiful chairs and tables. The red peppers and the onions dangled overhead. The hams and the venison hung in their paper wrappings. And all the bunches of dried herbs, the spicy herbs for cooking and the bitter herbs for medicine, gave the place a dusty, spicy smell. ¶¶ 
So that's what I like about the book, is it just talking about the plain stuff about life, you know? Yeah. And like really appreciating onions. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of impossible to read this book. For me, to read it as a book, it's more like a history lesson and a... Honestly, yeah. Like a life lesson sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, guess what time it is now? Uh, what? Sponsor time? Nope, it's not sponsor time. It's listener question time. Oh, yeah. And I thought you would do the listener question. Okay. Uh, This week's listener question comes from Homer O. Harvey, who asks, Why do you read all these boring old books? Uh, Where's the action? Well, Mr. O. Harvey, uh, I have an answer for you. Uh, We don't read just old books. Last week was uh, City of Ember, and that's like practically brand new, right? Two fuzz of what, but... <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Uh, and uh, we we like tradition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're trying to uh, get educated along the way, so we gotta read some old stuff. Yeah. Sorry if you think it's boring, Mr. O. Harvey. Not much we can say. To it's basically just a criticism, actually. Yeah. So, anyway. And where were we? Anyway, before we were <laughs> so rudely interrupted. Um... Oh, you know, the other thing, we were talking about how this is kind of a memoir and kind of a history lesson a little bit. Like a lot of old books, we probably should put in a warning here that because it's old, it's got a couple not okay things in it. Actually, there's really only one that I remember. There's one song that's just straight up kind of racist or race clueless. So be on the lookout, people of... Uh, all colors when you're, if you read this, you might be a little surprised by one of Pa, who otherwise is, seems to be a, a fine gentleman. <laughs> one of Pa's songs yeah. is just uh, not great. Yeah. So there's actually a lot more of that in Little House on the Prairie if we do that one, because they have a lot of Native American interactions. I think it's pretty much all in ideas and words we wouldn't use today. But, you know, it was a long time ago, right? So. Uh, people are, are duly warned. Now, the other thing about this book that I find uh, very unusual, and there's not many other books that do it, it's almost like a how-to yeah. guide. Like when they explain mom making cheese, like they give us every step she put in the pot and she washed this skim off and that turned that color and then she stripped it and then the next day this and then she stored it on a piece of paper in the dry, you know? Yeah. It's like incredibly detailed. Yeah. Thank you for telling me how to make cheese. Yeah. And like the, like you definitely after reading this book, you know how to make bullets. Yeah. If, if you wanted to make your own bullets. You could. Yeah. And if you had the right stove and the right little mold thing and you had some store where you bought lead pellets, you'd know how to make your own bullets. Yeah. So there, there's that too. But it's, it's kind of fascinating for modern people who have never had to do basically anything to get step-by-step instructions about how to build and blah, 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 right? Yeah. So anyway, I, I think that's one of the things that makes it uh, kind of fun. So if we were to do kind of a thought experiment here, Dex, just, just for our last thoughts about this yeah. real quick. Uh, let's picture our family. Your ma and pa and your siblings. Let's take them all out of this 
place that we live. Yeah. Drop them in the big woods in 1870. Oh, wow. How do you think we'd do? How well would we do in this environment that they're living in? I mean, it, it would... It, I, it would be horrible. Come yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it, it would be nightmarish. It would be the 1870s. Well, <laughs> there's that. And I just, you know, whenever I read old books, like, they never talk about, like, bugs. Like, mm. you know they got bug bites all over. Like, how thick were their skins and stuff? Yeah. Like, basically, they're living, like, camping. And they're never bummed out about, you know, there's a fly poking at my eyeball or whatever. Like, yeah, something, yeah. I've I mean, been to the woods of Wisconsin. There, there's, there's flies. And there's oh, yeah. a lot of mosquitoes. Yikes. So I, I always wonder about that, if they just sort of put it out of their mind or, I don't know. Um, they did wear a lot of clothes. Maybe that helped. True. We don't walk around. So, uh, no, but how do you think we'd do? You think we'd even survive? Probably. I mean, if we just teleported there, then... Yeah, so if we teleported, what yeah, would we do? Yeah, I don't think... I mean... What if we... If we had this book, we'd probably know a little more <laughs> yeah, about... Yeah, yeah. In the winter, you got to shovel the snow around the base of the house to keep the draft out of it. We, We'd know that stuff. Yeah. All right. So that, how about that? If we have the chance to teleport, we'll bring this book as like an instruction yeah. manual. Yeah. Maybe they'll get us started. And hopefully somebody comes along with a gun or else we're in big trouble. Um, so I told you the next book in the series is Little House on the Prairie. Yep. What do you think? Yes. You in? <laughs> yeah. All right. We got to read the big one that everything that people associate with it, right? All right. Um, before we do that, though, next week's podcast is going to be called Call the Wild. That's right, called the Wild by uh, by Jack London. Yeah, a story about a dog. <laughs> yep, pupsters. Pupster. <laughs> He's a pupster, all right. Uh, so that'll be fun. All right. So that about uh, wraps up another Dex and Dad book review. On the way out, I want to acknowledge that the podcast this week was sponsored in part by the Shermerville Police Department, reminding you not to run away when we shine the spotlight on you on top of Wood Oaks Hill. We know you're there because your car is in the parking lot. <laughs> I seriously never thought of that, Dex. Huh. Wish I'd heard that years ago. Also, we should thank Phineas Brady for his expert recording, mixing, mastering of the podcast, as well as lending us some of his music to round things out. Any any uh, any last thoughts, Dax? Bye. It's, it's a good book. It's a good book. <laughs> it's a good book. Bye. <laughs>